You're listening to SFC Radio, the sounds of Brooklyn Heights. Check us out on Radio FX, the TuneIn app, or SoundCloud. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the GV Podcast, the general variety podcast where we talk about anything and everything. I'm your host, Brian Mansell, and today we're going to talk about upcoming superhero films and the superhero genre. Yes, people, that will be the only topic today, not a twofer like last time. I will have two different guests today, one being a super huge comic fan, and for Marvel films, DC films, everything, that will be Jared Perez. And later on in the show, we'll have Antonio Connolly to talk about some of the animated stuff coming out soon. So, without further ado, let's get into the podcast by introducing my first guest, Jared Perez. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that, Brian. Thank you. I mean, I'm very appreciative that you were able to come on to the show today. I mean, I know you have a tight schedule, you know, with school and all, but, you know, it's always great to have another fellow superhero fan with us. Nah, it's okay, bro. Anything anything to get into a nice little argument, you know? I like to think that, uh, you know, talking about your favorite Spider-Man is modern-day politics. Oh, absolutely. First off, I want to talk to you a little bit, because it's also kind of like an interview at the same at the same time with you so my first question is like so as a superhero fan why did you want to become a superhero fan like what what triggered it honest to god um i was born january 25th 2002 so i vaguely remember that i believe the first spider-man with uh toby mcguire came out i think march or may one of the m's in 2002 so i'm pretty sure that when i was an infant my parents took me to go see it and ever since then, they have always taken me to see every single Spider-Man movie in theaters. So, you know, seeing Spider-Man made me want to get more into the superheroes. And then seeing all of them just made me want to see the genre, love the genre, and just appreciate everybody within the genre. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's Spider-Man's iconic in its own way, you know, with Sam Raimi uh, and Tobey Maguire. I mean, he set the precedent for what was to come with the MCU. So, of course, everybody is going to have an attachment to that movie. And, you know, for, I think, another thing I'd be curious about is, you know, you mentioned Spider-Man. Uh, how's it going so far with this ticket search for No Way Home? Oh, um, I ain't gonna lie. Um, I remember trying to get tickets from AMC for two reasons. One, my it's gonna be my friend's birthday, so we were gonna go see it for their birthday. But um, I couldn't get it from AMC, so that sucks. And the second reason was because they were offering a free eco-friendly t- NFT for the first 86,000 people who uh, bought from AMC. But um, that didn't work out. So you wanted something. You wanted the NFT more than anything else. Yeah, because, bro, it's an official licensed Marvel NFT. Think about that. That is true. That's actually pretty sick. I mean, think about it. You get to own something that a company made about something you enjoy. I mean, why wouldn't you want that? Again, I wasn't being sarcastic. I'm actually being serious. But another thing I would love to mention with you is, you know, you. I love how you talked about Spider-Man and, like, how that was your main influence as a kid because your parents took you to see it. So I guess my follow-up question is, you know, besides Spider-Man, were there any other superheroes that got you into comics and Marvel and DC alike? Um, I remember being a big fan of the original Batman uh, was it Christian Bale his trilogy I was really into Batman Begins of course The Dark Knight Rises I was like terrified as shit of the Joker but um, besides that 
Uh, that's also a second hero that I would say would be my favorite. Okay, so you're saying Batman. Yeah, Batman. So Batman's your number two. You got one more? Or? I guess my third favorite would probably be, like, in general, like, it'd probably be, like, Vision would be my third favorite hero. Vision. Okay, that's a new one. That's a bold one. I, I will agree. You know, Vision is one of those characters that, you know, if you watched the films so far with Vision and WandaVision, the TV show, you're going to know who Vision is. But at the same time, is that the comic accurate Vision? You know, there's, there's elements to this whole thing that people don't understand. You know, there's an element to comics, to how it's portrayed on television, how it's portrayed in cinema. I mean, there's so many elements to this superhero genre as a whole in media. And nobody ever talks about it. Yeah, like, I'm not going to lie. Um, the MCU, currently, I don't like some of their interpretations, but I feel like they did really well with Vision. Um, the fact that they were able to, like, you know, Jarvis the AI and actually make him into an actual character, actually get Paul Bettany to play this character, that was a really bold move to take with that character. Um, I know, like, in the comics, his origins was originally, like, you know, uh, made by Ultron, but Ultron was made by um, Hank Pym. Obviously, that didn't work out at the time. But I really liked the originality we went there. But, you know, there are some current ones that I really don't agree with. Um, I don't know. I think might be off topic, but uh, have you heard, like, what's going on with Miss Marvel? I think I did. What's going on with Miss Marvel? Um, so they want to change her powers, almost something like Green Lantern. Because in the comics, her powers were originally, like, too stretch. And they're saying they don't want to do that anymore because, you know, Fantastic Four are coming soon. We all know the Fantastic Four are coming soon. So it'll be like too close, similar to uh, Reed Richards. So they want to change the powers, which is a key element of who she is in the comics, yep. in order to appease their fans and avoid them from getting confused. Yep. Even and though there's a clear difference between Miss Marvel and Richards. Yeah, and the one of the most important aspects I remember I was I was reading the original Miss Marvel Miss Marvel run was when she decides to like you know change her entire appearance because the whole idea is that you know she's a brown. Um, superhero and she's rarely ever seen she's like and then she just turns herself into like you know white Carol Danvers Miss Marvel and then she had this entire like issue she's going through like figuring out like you know how to be a superhero like she has a, she, bleh, she has this idea that she has to be white to be a superhero and I just I find it kind of disappointing that they won't be able to adapt that because her powers will be like you know some kind of like crystal type thing I the, it's so weird I really do not like that at all I mean, I don't blame you. I mean, I, I kind of have to agree with that. I mean, it's really bold to make a decision, you know, to change something that's so instrumental to a character's story. Because then that affects everything else, the relationships to the other characters, what she can actually do, and how other fights would turn out, not being able to do the things that she's supposed to do, as it was outlined originally by the original creators. So, yeah, there's a lot of elements to this. And I don't know if we have a lot of time to go into that, but yeah, I mean, that's something to keep a note of. And honestly, I think this transitions us into our main segment for the superheroes here today. Meet the hype. We have a lot of new films coming out soon for Marvel and DC, including some that I think we're really looking forward to. But first, let's start with movies that have already come out. We'll go back to, you know, before the big universes came out, like when DC had Ben Affleck and Gal Gadot. Before that... And also at Marvel, you know, before the MCU began. Let's start with that. So, I want to hear from you whether it's overrated, underrated, or properly rated. Do you believe that Spider-Man 3 
was properly rated? I believe it is. I recently started rewatching the Raimi movies, and looking back at it, I, I, I honestly thought the third one was the best one, like when I was a child back then. You think the third one's the best one? I thought so, like at the time, but then after rewatching it, I know now, like, in my opinion, the first one's the best one, then number two, then number three, but I think it's properly rated. Like, it deserves that, I would say, I guess I would say hate it gets, because I know it's like, it's not Raimi's fault, it's not Toby's fault, it's the studio's fault, you know, adding in all those villains, wanting all, like, you know, wanting all this marketing stuff. It's not, it's not on them. I know it's not on them, but, you know, it deserves the hate it gets. It has some highlights. I will agree that there are some highlights and there are some terrible scenes, but I'm not going to lie. Him dancing with the black suit, just like being all emo. It was kind of funny. I like that. that. That's really a funny scene. So in your personal opinion, it's properly rated. Yeah. I, I mean, I know a lot of people didn't like it because of the casting they did for Eddie Brock. I honestly think he didn't do that bad. Um, I mean, Topher Grace is a great actor. and But, you know, coming off that 70s show and trying to portray what the vision was for Eddie Brock, which is a bigger guy who really didn't fit in with society. I mean, that, I think Tom Hardy does a good job with that now. But for Topher Grace at the time, I don't know if it was the best. Um, yeah. I mean, in my opinion, like Venom is always... like Venom has to be like this big guy, which I think they did correctly within the new uh, movies. But, you know, seeing, like, a skinny Venom, very tiny, scrawny Venom was really weird. But Topher Grace as Eddie Brock, yeah, he could, he probably could have used a bit more muscle because uh, Eddie Brock's normally portrayed as, like, a bigger guy than Peter Parker. They were, I think Peter was probably, like, taller than him in the movies, if I remember. I think so, yeah. They, they portrayed him as, like, a, uh, a scrawnier person, a little shorter, you know, basically showing that, like, Spider-Man's the bigger person. Yeah, but uh, I don't think he did, did that bad. But compared to, uh, was it Tom Hardy, right? Yeah. Um, compared to Tom Hardy, um, they both have their own faults, but they're both not the perfect Venom, in my opinion. Okay, yeah. I mean, I think that's usually the way it goes with all superheroes. You're never going to get the perfect portrayal of what you want. I think that goes for every single hero that we see these days. You know, like, I don't think Iron Man's was perfect. I don't think Captain America was perfect. I definitely don't think Star-Lord is perfect. I mean, no, there are so no, many no. there are so many castings that could have been, that could they could be doing different. But I think with what they have, they really all attribute to the iconic look that the MCU has become, which now transitions me over to DC. Let's go with one movie that hasn't, that came before, you know, the, the emergence of Christian Bale and everybody. How about when Michael Keaton was Batman in the first one with Jack Nicholson's Joker? I believe that actually was properly rated. Really? Um... We're talking about, oh yeah, him with the Joker. I thought I accidentally. Yeah, with, Mich- with uh, Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. Yeah, they all, in my opinion, portrayed the character perfectly. I believe the only one I kind of had an issue with was Catwoman, because okay. I remember watching it like all those cats like surrounding her like quote unquote dead body at the time. I was like, what the what the heck's going on? But um, you know, Michael Keaton was a good Batman at the time. Um, his acting was phenomenal, in my opinion. Jack Nicholson as a perfect joker the origin i mean the origin of the joker was always like up in the air it can be interpreted in many different ways but um at the time when there hasn't been that much batman media out i feel like they all did well and they all looked perfect i can i can understand that i honestly think it's underrated personally because people think that you know how do i put it i gotta figure out how to put this the right way i think michael keaton's one of the best batman best batman ever 
because I think I put him in top three right now. Actually, uh, screw it. We're going to put him number two. Okay. I have him number two behind Christian Bale. I don't okay. think there's been any other Batman, including Adam West, who have portrayed Batman properly as the person he is. Like, Michael Keaton had most of the look, and then the actual behavior and the mental behind Batman's mm-hmm. character throughout yep. the films was next to, uh, like next to none, really. It was amazing. Um, but I do think that one thing that they almost lacked in, but it made up for also at the same time, was the questionable casting of Danny DeVito as Penguin. Yeah, I remember when I found out that Dan DeVito, the guy who we all meme about now, played Penguin. I could not believe that. It really shocked me when I found that out. I'm like, wow, this guy on a sunny, like, it's always sunny in Philadelphia, played the penguin. I really don't see it anymore. Yeah, and honestly, it's just crazy because when you think about it, I mean, this is Danny DeVito. This is the guy from Taxi, from Matilda. I mean, these are from things we grew up watching as kids, and we see him as a fat penguin. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I was terrified of Penguin. He looked really weird and disgusting, especially with that hair. But his, but, but the way he went about the character worked, in my opinion. Yeah, it really I think did. it worked, and that was eventually what you know drove me to love this film so much to the point where I think it's really underrated. Even with all the people who say it's properly rated, I still think it's like amazing. Yeah, to this day. Yeah, those two are perfect. Like in my opinion, like. They say, like, I think all four films at the time are, like, canon together. I only find the first two canon. The other two are just, like, there. Yeah. And don't worry. I'm not going to go anywhere near the George Clooney Batman films. But we're going to go <laughs> back to Marvel real quick. Okay. We're going to go MCU. I'm going to go with a very popular film that now that the hype is cooled down because everybody was in love with these two films because okay. of what happened and the events that occurred. Okay. And we all know about it. We were all in high school when it happened. Okay. Uh, let's talk about Infinity War and Ed Game. Combined together, we're not going to do individual movies. We're okay. going to put them together because technically it's like two sides of a story. Together, I would say they were overrated. Okay, you got to explain this one. Okay. If it was separate, it'd be a whole different conversation. But uh, first, my first question, I want to ask you, which one, did, which one did you find better, Infinity War or Endgame? I found actually, I don't know why, I found Infinity War to be better. No, nah, I agree, I agree. I do think Infinity War was miles ahead better than uh, Endgame, but together it really created a cohesive ending and conclusion to like the phase and of what the original MCU was. Though, yeah, Infinity War, I feel like, was a perfect, I guess you could say, celebration of the past 10 years. Like, it brought everything back. Like, past storylines were coming up. Every character was getting involved. And everybody's, you know, coming together to finish off this threat. But um, they're overrated because... I feel like now that we're past the end game, past the Infinity War, I feel like what everything that happened is like no longer being as important anymore. I remember like, I really got mad when they like nerfed Vision because he could literally like one shot everybody if he really tried. He could really have. Uh, I don't know if you saw the What If show. Did you? I did. Yeah, I did. And then you saw he he was able to like cut Thanos in half with a stone. The powers he has that we did not even realize were that strong is crazy. Like, that's why I really find him overrated because they focused... The story was perfect in Infinity War, but we know that all these characters... If it wasn't for the story and plot armor and everything that was to come, they, they like the fight would have been over. That's why I really find him overrated because there's so many issues within those films. Endgame, I feel like the story like got too lost in the sauce. Like They were too, too busy trying to tie up everything to the point where they needed to um, 
make sure they had to wrap everything up. That's why I really find them overrated. It's just too much was going on. And I feel like, if anything, there would be no shame if they ever tried, if at the time they ever tried like a third part. I feel like a third part probably would have like helped out in making sure that everything was fleshed out and everything was, you know, perfect the way it was. But are we sure that the Marvel Studios could have afforded that? I mean, it's Disney, man. That's true. That's it's true. Disney. Disney, Disney's like the second biggest media power in the entire world. So I don't I don't blame it. But I'm going to actually say it's properly rated only because the amount of hype that surrounded it did meet. It yeah. met the hype. No, and that's yeah. all that mattered to that. me in that about that. Everything else, you know, there are inconsistencies here and there, and that comes with everything. But in the end, ultimately it was about did it meet the expectations and the hype of the people who watched it? Whether they were diehard fans or whether they were, you know, just going to the movies to watch a, a film. And I think it did just that. I don't think it exceeded, but I think it definitely did its job at giving a cohesive ending to Marvel's original Avengers and moving forward with the new era with Tom Holland and, uh, yeah, and their whole group, especially um, with Doctor Strange now playing a bigger role moving forward. Yeah, no, without a doubt. Um, now, I will also say here that um, the other overrated movie I have right now, at least for the past, is going to be Justice League, which I think we both know is overrated. We don't got to go into much detail on that. Wait, we're talking about... The original, not original. Snyder Cut, not Snyder Just, Cut. Justice League, J-O-S-S. Yes, Justice League. <laughs> that one was not good, and we know it wasn't good, so I personally think not the Snyder Cut. The original Justice League that they released with everybody was overrated by every mean necessary even with all the hate it got no no i i totally agree i i'm not gonna lie i really hated that they had that cool i forgot who did it that cool remix song with uh the beatles come together that was beautiful i love that song in the trailer i was so hyped for it but uh i really was disappointed they like wasted that song like it was so good yeah absolutely and i'm gonna go into now shift to the future Let's go into future movies that are coming out. Only two of them right now. The two that everybody's talking about. Spider-Man No Way Home. Is Do you think it's going to be... Do you think the hype is overrated? It's like, is it overhyped? Is it underhyped? Or is it properly hyped? The hype is properly hyped. Because, you know, it's... Honest to God, they should have... Like, I'm pretty sure Jamie Foxx got screamed at. Because this all started with that one post when he said, like, you know... I don't know what he said, like... Uh, all spy all three i'm coming for all three spiders after after that one post we all just started going crazy all the theories with like you know toby and andrew coming in it's properly hyped and i feel like after he got like screamed at by the executives for posting that they probably like started like praising him because now everybody's like hyped and if it it honestly wasn't for the pandemic this would have been like the top grossing movie for like after Infinity War, I think ever probably for Marvel because there's so much about nostalgia that's going to kick in that it's probably going to bring in everybody, young and old. And um, and I'm going to agree with you. I think it's that. I'm also going to lean a little bit towards underhyped because there's still there's so much more you can go here with about like maybe every single villain from every single Spider-Man movie will be in this. I mean that's why I'm, that's the gauge I'm getting. Like you look at the scene breakdown. There's a scene where. Green Goblin's coming in on this on this little makeshift um, uh, his uh, what's it called his little jet. Okay, his glider. Yes, his little glider. I always forget. I always call it a jet. <laughs> his little glider, and you realize that's not Willem Dafoe. If you look at the slow motion, it's not Willem Dafoe. I'm pretty sure it's Willem Dafoe, man. Either it is a stunt double, in my opinion, for Dafoe. Okay. Or possibly we're getting the Amazing Spider-Man's j- Goblin too. 
I'm not gonna lie. If he shows up, like if you think about it, he's the only villain that actually succeeded in doing something. Yes, he's the only one that ever actually did his job. He killed Gwen. And I know that if Andrew does show up, he'll probably be really mad. Probably really mad. Yeah, probably. But then that leads into the whole thing with Zendaya being saved. I mean, I'm pretty confident she's going to get saved. She's not going to die. She's they can't, they can't they, do it. They can't kill off Zendaya. I see him kill you off Ned. I see them kill off Ned. I see Aunt May. And, no, no, yeah, without that, her too. I think Aunt May. She didn't see much screen time during this. I don't know. Um, I also feel like Happy. Happy could probably die too. We'll see. I think there's only going to be a couple people, but then the spell will work. Everybody gets their memories wiped, and he's all alone. I think that's how it goes, and then that opens the door for Venom and Spider-Man 4. But we will see what happens with that. But the other one I want to talk about before we end up the interview here is, you know, I need to see your take on this. Okay. There are a lot of mixed opinions on this new DC movie that could change the future okay. of DC. Okay. The Batman. I believe that is... It is underhyped, and I believe it'll probably be one of the best interpretations of Batman to date since Christian Bale. And now what I think here is, can you apply it, though? In your opinion, your expert opinion as a comic book fan, whatever you want to call yourself, in your opinion, do you feel like you could match this up as like a timeline of Batman's career from start towards the end? With everything that's been made, now if you can include the Batman, you know, like you start with Gotham. Gotham's the beginning, the TV show. Okay. Because Batman picks up here, Batman, two years or a year into him becoming the Bat. I feel like this is something we need because most of the Batman films normally like take the take a j- time jump for like maybe like a few years. Because I know the recent interpretation, Ben Affleck, we already we were like what let's say ten years into him being Batman, and he already like lost to Robin and stuff like that. I feel like starting fresh, especially with Robert Pattinson. I know people didn't like him as the Batman, but then he after, looks good though. He yeah, does he look good. does look good. Like, I feel like everybody deserves a redemption, especially after his career in Twilight. But um, if we start fresh from the beginning, and it's, I, I feel like skipping a year or two won't hurt because you know everybody needs time to get ready to be Batman. Exactly. But I believe that when this movie does come out, it'll be something special. It'll be something different, and whatever spinoffs and anything we get. Not to mention, it's the Riddler. Last time we had the Riddler, he was like kooky and funny. There's actually going to be a serious, scary Riddler. And that's what I love about DC. They've gone down the route of scary. Dark and scary, which has always been the tone for DC films. The only exception I'll make is Shazam. No, you can't do scary with Shazam. It's Shazam. That's the only only DC movie I've seen so far that didn't have that scary, like, dark tone to it. Which, again, not very DC-like, but it makes sense. You need to have a switch up every once in a while. And I love the direction they're going, where they've given up on the fact that, you know, people are going to be confused about, like, different, like, different, different versions of Batman on screen, which I don't think people will be confused anymore. I think they'll understand now that, you know, the multiverse is happening, as you see both Marvel and DC are applying multiverses in their respective movies, that it's okay if there's two Batmans on screen, it's okay if there's two Flashes. I feel like if the right script and the right director people will understand that it's not the same character. I 100% agree with you on that, and I'm going to leave you off with one last thing right here. Okay. With all these characters coming in, all these big-time celebrities coming into this Batman film, who are you most excited to see? I've heard rumors that the actor for Druig will be playing the Joker within that universe. I feel like that is a perfect casting because I started looking into his career. And 
he has a wide variety of his acting like he could do almost anything in my opinion and i feel like him as the joker would be perfect we have this new actor well not new but like now he's getting more attention after eternals not to mention people actually like his character in the comics druick was hated and not much of a good guy in the sense but i feel like him as the joker has me excited because we'll be having a new different interpretation that is not bad um he's gonna succeed in where jared leto failed is what i'm trying to say okay so he's gonna do everything right that jared couldn't when he was playing joker in the first suicide squad movie yeah i remember being excited like wow this is kind of crazy the joker as a mobster i mean yeah it's kind of like similar to like, and like it was okay it just wasn't nah. it's not joker nah it's not but you know this leads to the biggest i think my inter- my guess here before we end it off here I think Catwoman with Zoe Kravitz is going to be what makes this movie. Because honestly, I think you couldn't have casted anybody better to be Catwoman for this. I saw the trailer. I saw everything about it. She's going to kill this. She may end up going down, depending on how this film goes, she could go down as one of the greatest Catwoman ever. I think she could easily top Halle Berry and Pfeiffer. I mean, it's not many many Catwomans to begin with. So. Well, there those two, and then there's the one from the Gotham show, which she did a phenomenal oh, job, yeah, yeah, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, she was good, too. She was good, too. And also, you have the original Catwoman from the 1960s. Eh, like, no matter what, there's still not that many. And the way she's portraying it is that it's just nice to see that she's going to be... We're also going to get the little love triangle right there real quick with uh, Batman and Catwoman, it looks like, in this one, too. I saw hints of it. It looks like in this film, there might be a possibility that they may explore that area, mm-hmm. which, again, comes from the shared feeling of vengeance for everything no matter what um this new universe's new take on batman is going to be very interesting and i and i can't wait not to mention the fact that we're getting like you know spinoffs on hbo max and them actually using their platform and like peacemaker getting his own show that's nuts like at least they know that they have all these properties and they have this streaming service and everybody's streaming now they have the opportunity to strike back at marvel i think i think marvel's actually scared about the batman did you not see dr strange got pushed back because it was originally supposed to come out the same month as the batman and it came out and they end up pushing it back because the day they saw the trailer release everything changed they got so serious saw all the hype and amazingness with this which by the way choreography for this for the fighting looks crazy too yeah, I, we have not seen a scary depiction of Batman since, I guess you would say Ben Affleck, but at the same time... They ben, had Affleck, a, ben Affleck's not intimidating. They, they, had, they had their own issues at the time that we that really like ruined the whole vibe. Martha. <laughs> <laughs> You're right about that. That's, that's for sure. But I really do think that this is, this is a good time for DC to really you know, change course and go for the better and finally get that chance to run after Marvel and give them a run for their money. But with that, I want to thank you for coming on to today's episode. Anytime, man. Anytime just to talk about superheroes, man. Yeah, I mean, I could talk about this forever. I mean, look at this. We've already gone on for almost thir- half hour now. I really want to keep going, but I know I can't. I know, man. <laughs> I know you can't either. I know, man. Listen, we could go on forever and ever about theories, but you know what? It's just been great to have you on. I'm looking forward to having you on again soon. Anytime, man. Anytime I got you. Make sure to stay tuned as we, when we come back, we'll have Antonio Connolly here to discuss everything and anything animated series for comics upcoming for marvel and dc don't go away we'll be right back after this short message ahead lies a new page in the story of you it's a fresh chapter and at saint francis college we can help you write it 
Start with us in Brooklyn, where students hail from all boroughs and far beyond, where classes are small and everyone belongs. Whether you're starting your college journey, looking for a place to transfer, or returning to complete your degree, join us and be part of this amazing community where you'll become the best version of you. You're listening to SFC Radio, the sounds of Brooklyn Heights. Check us out on Radio FX, the TuneIn app, or SoundCloud. And we're back. Thank you all for sticking around on the GV Podcast, Episode 2, the General Variety Podcast, where we talk about anything and everything. Today, I'm bringing in now my second guest, Antonio Connolly. He is another huge comic book fan, and in addition... He's also a huge, huge on animated films, especially for the super for superhero genre. Antonio, how are you doing today? I'm good, Brian. Thanks for coming. Uh, well, thanks for having me uh, come on the show, uh, and I'm happy to talk about comic books and and movies and things like that. Of course, I think we're definitely going to look more into the new animated stuff coming out because man, they have knocked it out of the park recently, especially Marvel with their recent animated adventures that they've been doing, especially the What If series. Yeah, for sure. I really, really like the What If series. Um, there were a few episodes that I didn't particularly like compared to others, but uh, we can totally get into uh, that And and if you want to dive right into that one. Uh, yeah, sure. But first, let's ask a couple questions just so we, uh, you know, get the interview portion out of the way just a little bit, you know? All right. All right, Antonio. So first off, when did you when did your love for comics and superheroes begin? Uh, honestly, I think that started when I was really young. Um, I can't really give you an age range, but definitely when I was like elementary school, middle school, uh, because like at the time I really just didn't like reading books, you know? Um, so like my uncle had a bunch of like comic books in his, uh, in like the garage and he just said, Hey, yo, read these. And it was like a bunch of like Spider-Man, Marvel, like Batman comic books. So uh, I just stuck to that because they were like had pictures, there was action. Um, they were really easy to read. And um, that just generally like grew my love for it. Um, and then as I grew older, I started watching uh, a lot of the animated cartoons like Spider-Man, the animated series, Batman, the animated series, X-Men. Um, and that just even grew my like love for uh, superheroes and and uh, you know, comic books in general. So if, if you had to choose uh, which superheroes really made your like really established that love for you, um, ooh, uh, definitely Spider Man. Spider Man's like one of my favorite heroes of all time, just because of like the stories of like you know he's like an everyman uh, type of hero. He just tries his best, even if he fails. Um, it's always like as long as you tried your best and you did what was best for you, uh, no matter what, no one can take that away from you. And, um, I, when I was younger, I really loved Batman, but as I grew older, i really loved the, uh, red hood. If you know who that is. Of course I do. Why okay. wouldn't I know red hood? <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So like I've grown to love red hood as, as like, as I grown older, but Batman has always been one of my like favorite DC heroes. Um, next to like red hood and and things like that yeah okay i mean i very much appreciate that i mean you know just like jared you know spider-man's so influential and a lot of people don't realize how big it was for a lot of us growing up 
Mm-hmm. So, especially with Tobey Maguire, Tobey Maguire in terms of like live action really established a lot of stuff for us. But for animated, they had some good series. They really did. Yeah, yeah. Um, my like, just like I can name a few off the top of my head. Like, uh, what's it called? The Spider-Man the animated series, uh, Spectacular Spider-Man, um, the the one I forget. It's like Spider. It was like a Spider-Man twenty ninety nine, but like it was still Peter Parker. It wasn't like sp- actual Spider-Man 2099, if you remember that one. Yeah. Um, just a bunch of really good animated Spider-Man shows uh, that have come out in the past and, and recently, actually, with like Marvel Spider-Man. And this is going to lead us into our next segment, very similar to our last one, I think, with Jared. We're going to call this one all about animated shows and movies coming out soon and our takes on it. This is going to be called the Animation Table Talk. Oh, I like that name. Thank you. I appreciate it. I took a long time to come up with that one. (laughs) For this segment, we're going to go into upcoming stuff that's going on with Marvel, DC, see what really stands out to us and what we think could really be a big money grab and good for the fans overall. So obviously we're going to start with Marvel because right now Marvel is superior at the moment yeah i would say marvel has been really the king of just superhero stuff lately uh when it comes to media um they've been doing a fantastic job with the mcu and now they're diving into animated uh stuff just so that they can fill out their mcu like roster and so i'm excited to talk about what they have coming up i agree and you know what i think it's important that we go with this first one X-Men 97. Yeah. So for X-Men 97, for those who don't know, is a new series coming out animated uh, from Disney Plus coming in 2023. Mm -hmm. Now for this series, it's basically going to be a continuation of the 1992 series X-Men. And it's a reference to the year the earlier series ended, as well as the comic book's continuation. So 1997 is the year that it ended. And so it's going to pick up from where it left off in 1997. Uh, I am super excited about this. Uh, like when I told you earlier in like uh, how I became really, really in love with like animated stuff is like I grew up watching the original X-Men animated um, show and it really like told a lot of the stories from the comic books in a really, really well way for like average people to like, you know, get into watching X-Men and like knowing the stories of the x-men so if you watch that when you were younger or at all and then you watch the live action movies that they did in like the early 2000s you can see the uh analogies and the similarities from the animated series and you could like oh that that makes sense because of this and what's great about it is that now that we're continuing it i hope that you know, the, the animation style and the art style are very reminiscent of the classic because, I, you know, it, you're, you're really baiting on nostalgia. I think that's really what X-Men is going to be, too. I think it's just going to be a nostalgia grab for those who grew up watching that stuff. And so getting to see a continuation from where it left off, even though it was kind of abrupt when it ended, mm-hmm. I mean, getting to see it continue is going to be interesting. I know it's probably not going to be the same voice actors, True. but... I don't know how much it's going to change anything unless you watch it back to back, like the original series to the cur- the new one coming. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of fans are going to be doing that. I think the original series is on Disney Plus, right? So, 
um, you know, right before this comes out, you're going to have a lot of people just binge watching the original series uh, so that they can take notes and, and you know, uh, dis, like dissect uh, X-Men 97. Exactly. And I think that's something I'm really happy to look forward to on this. But I do want to continue on, mm-hmm. not take too much time here. The next one we have here coming up is I Am Groot. There is no date set for that, but it looks like it's going to be somewhat of a shorts series. Mm. So, But this is also going to be the second animated series that takes place in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is also after What If. Yeah. So this one is going to be kind of interesting. Um, I don't know if it's going to be like kind of like a short origin onto like Groot and, you know, his species. Uh, or it could just be like baby Groot, you know, messing around with the Guardians. Like either or sounds fun to me. I don't think it's that bad of an idea. I know it did say that it's going through new and unusual characters. So mm. maybe characters we haven't seen before, maybe a couple familiar faces like Drax. Okay. That, that'd be cool to see. Like, again, if it's shorts and like, you know, they're, they're just fun, like little webisodes that they create to, to like have content for their streaming platform and to keep fans like stated with, uh, cause I know when, um, Loki came out and like, uh, Falcon winter soldier and WandaVision and now with Hawkeye, you know, there was a drought for a few months and people were really, really wanting to scratch that Marvel itch. So having a, a short series, uh, in between all of the major ones, I think is a great idea just to have, you know, to have some fun for fans. Absolutely. And I think this is also going to jump into another one that I'm very excited for. As someone who watched a lot of these series, What If, this is really exciting because they're finally giving the spinoff show that I think every fan loved when they watched the first season, mm-hmm. Marvel Zombies. Yeah. Um, I actually, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I really didn't like the Marvel Zombies episode. Why not? Uh, that might be a hot take. But um, so I'm a huge fan of like the Marvel Zombies comic books. And the way they told the, that story in the comic book is is very dark. And I know they can't really replicate that for television just because of like, you know, Disney and their then their like, um, you know, imaging. But uh, the Marvel zombie episode, like, I don't know, because almost two PG. It, it it's it's a little well, it's a little bit um I, I, I don't know how to explain it because like the the storyline that I really am really my favorite storyline from Marvel Zombies is the Spider-Man one. And it's very drastically different from the show. And the the reason why it's because like again, Spider-Man holds like his family and his friends really high. And what ended up happening in the zombies comic book version is that he ends up like killing mary jane and aunt may by biting them and then he he like still like has like he doesn't realize he's like a zombie yet so he's just like you know he has flashbacks to like oh no i did this and then he has to carry that guilt throughout his zombification so it's kind of dark right and i thought they were going to go with something a little darker for that because they did the uh dr strange episode and i thought they were oh this is that episode is also dark so we can continue that but maybe if they do it with the Marvel Zombies uh, show, maybe that could be darker too. We don't I know. Think, I think it might be going down the more horror route when it comes to Marvel Zombies. It might go darker. I mean, what I do know for a fact about this is that it's just going to be a new generation of heroes battling against an ever-spreading 
Zombie Scourge. So it's basically superheroes fighting zombies. Okay. I mean, that'd be cool. And if it, like, because again, if we were talking about what if, like. Yeah, and the head producer is Kevin Feige on this. Oh, okay. Then, I mean, I, I know it's going to be pretty good to watch. Uh, it's definitely going to be entertaining. Um, I'm just hoping maybe, like, you know, it's a little darker. Uh, I like darker Marvel stories because, like, most of the Marvel movies, uh, they're not that dark. Uh, and, you know, getting that little taste of that Doctor Strange episode really wanted me, uh, you know, hungry for more stuff. And speaking of Kevin Feige, there's another one that's coming. Another animated series, which I know you are very excited for because you have expressed this to me on multiple occasions. <laughs> Spider-Man Freshman Year. Yeah. And the reason why is because this one's actually going to be set in the MCU as well and is a prequel to Captain America Civil War and Spider-Man Homecoming. It's basically the origin of Spider-Man here. Mm -hmm. So this one will follow Peter Parker on his way to becoming Spider-Man in the MCU with a journey unlike we've ever seen and a style that celebrates the character's early comic book roots. So the animation style will be similar to that of what the early comics looked like for Spider-Man. Which I am super excited, like you said, uh, just because like we never, I think I think the the MCU Spider Man, right, Tom Holland Spider Man, they really like uh, made the fans, you know, miss out on Uncle Ben, and like that those iconic words with great power comes great responsibility, and you know, obviously they didn't want to do an origin story because we've all heard of you know Spider Man's origin story. We've already been through two, pretty much semi-trilogies of that and so they we, we all know who spider-man is but a part of me missed that um you know that whole entire storytelling just because i wanted to see how it was different this time around and now we're finally going to get that in a cartoon animated style which celebrates the original um you know spider-man that's huge for me Absolutely, and I think Marvel's really going to hit it out of the park with this. And I'm excited to see what comes of it. But, you know, DC isn't going away either. DC's staying very much alive in this, and their reveal for their new stuff coming out, they did have a couple things that seemed a little too beachy for us, like Aquaman, King of Atlantis. Yeah, uh, that I think I think that animation style is very uh, very reminiscent of, like, uh, Thundercats and Teen Titans Go. The Thundercats Roar and Teen Titans Go animation style, and I don't really like that one, per se, but, um, you know, uh, it, it's there for, for kids, I'm assuming. Um, it's not there for young adults or uh, older audiences. So if kids want to watch something and they like it, then that's good for them. That's what their marketing team went for. I absolutely agree with that. And another thing is, you know, let's talk about something else, too. There's a big animated movie coming for DC. And this is one that could actually make or shape the um, the DC moving forward with animated films, they decided to take it to crack, at you know maybe taking the game and putting it into an animated style, Injustice. Yeah, uh, I saw the trailer for that and I am super 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 excited uh, for Injustice. Um, not just because I'm a fan of the video games, uh, I'm a and a fan of DC, but like this is I think the first time. A game storyline is becoming its own, like, canon in a way, right? Like, you know, uh, Ed Boon and NetherRealm Studios really, really did a great job with that game um, and that story because it's, like, the first time we've ever seen Superman turn really evil. Like, we've seen Superman turn evil, 
um, many times before, but like this is because his like his wife died, like he killed Joker, and like you see that all in the snippets early on, and it's like, d- dude, we just to get everything like uh you know animated and and seen on like a a, the small screen or a big screen depending on you know where you're gonna watch it um you know compared to like cinematics from like the game they're very drastically different so the you're gonna be able to get those cool fight scenes and more fleshed out stories like oh how come nightwing is in this game but nightwing's not in that game or how come you know these certain storylines that they couldn't put into the games um now flushed out and if you did you if you didn't want to read the comic books for them you have a movie for you exactly i mean this is going to be opening up so many doors for dc for even for first-time fans who are maybe used to like what the typical interpretation of like superman batman all those guys are seeing that turn around where superman becomes evil mm-hmm is something I don't think anybody's ever seen. I mean, especially as a new fan, you are not, you're not going to be prepared for this because Mm -hmm. it's going to hurt. People are going to die. And even some of your favorite characters will die. Yeah. 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 And, and what's crazy. I think this, I think that movie's rated R. Uh, I think so. Yeah. So they're going to really go out all the, pull out all the stops for the, the blood and gore and, and things like that. Just because like, you know, uh, it's, it's needed in this story. Absolutely. And that's the way you can tell this story is that way. And I think this has to be good only because it has to pick up for what's going to fail. And what I mean by that is DC's League of Super Pets. Oh, right, 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 right. I don't care how many celebrities <laughs> you get on that. That is not going to be good. I don't think it's going to be good by any means. Yeah, it's you know it's weird is that Crypto the Superdog in that movie is played by Dwayne the Rock Johnson, who's playing Black Adam in live action, and then Ace is being played by Kevin Hart, which pretty much is just Kevin Hart and the Rock, another buddy cop movie that they're doing together as dogs. Yeah, and it's weird. I, I don't know if I feel like if it weren't Dwayne and Kevin Hart. Uh, it might have been a better story, but now that I have those two as the main two people, it's just like, okay, well, great. <laughs> and I know this does open the door, though, for depending on one actor, if he's successful, could become a future voice actor for Superman. And that's John Krasinski. Oh, he's playing Superman in that movie? Yeah, he's going to be voicing Superman for that film. So uh, it could be interesting here because I did hear a snippet of what it's going to sound like with him as Superman. And it sounds very good. It really, really does. That's crazy. I didn't. I actually didn't know. Um, he he got the role for that. That's actually pretty cool. I'm I actually, yeah. I thought they might have flipped it. You know, if they would have made the Rock, um, you Superman, know, Superman, and he yeah. would have been crypto. But like, I thought that would have made more sense. But you know, again, I don't really. I don't think this movie is going to be good. But this does open a door for possibility. You know, what if John Krasinski does a really good job? If he does a really good job, then they may have to use him in the future for more Superman animated stuff. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool to see to to see and hear um, him get those roles because I, you know, he's been around the block and uh, he's a very an accomplished person after the office and all that stuff. So that'd be so cool to see him uh, voice Superman in more projects. And not even as an actor, just all around in the media industry, John Krasinski's really left mm-hmm. an imprint. Yeah, yeah, uh, with especially the the movies, uh, A Quiet Place. Yeah, Quiet Place Part One and Part Two, like. And Jack Ryan on uh, Amazon Prime, he's been really putting in some work there. Yeah, exactly. So I'm excited if if they get if 
if he does a good enough job that DC uh, decides to keep him around for other projects, I would definitely be excited to, to hear him. I agree a hundred percent, and I'm really, I'm really looking forward to at least seeing how that goes with John, not the film, just John. <laughs> and you know, if it goes well, we could have another Chris Pratt situation on our hands. You know, oh yeah, voicing Mario and Garfield. Apparently, I found and Garfield that, I found the cat. That, yeah. How do you, how do you go from Mario to Garfield? Hey, uh, yo, never say no to a check. That's what happens. That's the rule, everybody. Never forget that. Never say no to a check or the bag. And with that, that's going to do it for us here at the GV Podcast, General Variety Podcast. Thank you, Antonio, for joining me today to talk about all these upcoming series. It was a pleasure talking with you. And I had a fun uh, coming on. Thanks for having me, Brian. I appreciate it. All right. And that's going to do it for us here at our location here at St. Francis College. Thank you all for listening. And hopefully we'll have another episode out soon. Have a great day, everyone.